Hello and welcome to This Is Ibrox, the Rangers podcast. I'm Martin Douglas and tonight I've been joined by a very happy Willie Irwin, Willie Boyd and Thomas McIntyre. Gentlemen, good evening. Uh, I should just say that we're recording this on Wednesday the 26th of August at quarter to ten. Yeah, and I've not had my dinner, I'm quite hungry. Yes, (laughs) I second what he said. Uh, the podcast is available to watch on YouTube, Facebook, and through the website at thisisibrooks.co.uk. It's also available to download on any podcast platform you use. Wally Boyd, can you tell us some of the platforms? Stop again here. Um, Acast, Spotify, don't know the rest. <laughs> Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, Podcast Addict. Um, right, gentlemen, let's start the podcast, and we could start it on a completely different subject, but I think we'll just leave that alone. Um, <laughs> Thomas, I'll come to you first. Um, obviously, the commandment game at the weekend, but before we get to it, the biggest talking point, obviously, is Morelos. Will he stay? Will he go? He obviously wasn't included in the squad. What do you make of the whole Morelos situation? Yeah, so the fast version. I think uh, so much has happened this evening. So uh, <laughs> yeah, the fast version is he'll go if somebody pays what Rangers want for him. Uh, and that looks like Lille, you know, 18, 20 million in there somewhere with the add-ons on top of that. He obviously wants to go. Uh, the manager said as much. Uh, Steven Gerrard had said his head had been turned. He wasn't in matchday squads. He's obviously not training uh, as well as he could, or as hard as he could with the intensity that we need to see. I think his performances had shown that a little bit as well. Roof and Itten are both in the door. Great to see Roof got off the off the mark. Uh, Itten was a little bit unlucky against Kelly as well. Ultimately, I, I never like these protracted uh, transfer sagas because everybody starts to look bad and you start to get just that wee bit of tarnished legacy. Alfredo Morales does a great turn for a million pounds when he came in as arguably uh, Herrera's understudy. He has banged in the goals for us been superb, had his petulant moments, which is fair enough, he's a young man, and we're going to make a massive profit on him. I would rather we now made the profits sooner rather than later, and that's not to say that I don't love Alfredo Morelos, I do, but I think he's made it quite clear, he's obviously made it clear behind the scenes to the club that he wants to go, let's get that done and then see if the money washes its way back into the squad, because you know, forward line aside, we absolutely need at least another midfielder in there. So, Let's get, let's get to it. All the best, Alfie. Have a wee look out for you. But as per my Ross McCrory comments last week, once you're no longer a Rangers player, by and large, I really don't give a monkeys that much for me. Would you care about the Champions League if you were no longer in it? It would, it would depend. You know, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't follow any of these Diddy teams that get smashed out in the qualifiers or anything like that. But um, it would be, uh, do you know what? I'm actually going to keep my powder dry until all our qualifiers are played. But, uh, <laughs> It's uh, I, I wish all the teams throughout the next round all the very best of luck. Absolutely. And Wally Boyd, just come back to Morelos, if this is the way that it ends, is it a pretty sad ending? Because like we discussed before we came on, you know, Gerard stuck up for him when he shouldn't have. He stuck up for him when he should have. And if Morelos has just kind of thrown in the towel, no doing his best in training, is that a sad way to end it? Um, I think it is, but I'm going to be probably contradicting myself if anybody listens to me because I was up back in Lyle Taylor for kind of going on strike with Charlton in winter, so um, I'm getting a test of my own medicine here because obviously I don't like it when it's my own player. Um, but I, 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 I think it was this year, I don't know, I've been that many situations, but turning up late and then mm. no making this squad or the, the, I think he might have made the bench against Hearts, that really hurt at the time, to be honest, for me, because we weren't really playing that well. It was a really big game in the, the meaning of things, and obviously we went out that day. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of unforgivable in itself. And then, I mean, he's been touching go this year, really. I mean, he had a fantastic six months last year uh, for, for, what, the summer to Christmas, to the winter break, and then everybody came, well, nobody really came back after the winter break, did they? <laughs> um, aye, but it is a sad way to end things, isn't it? It's, it's not really going to probably pull in the blue jersey again, I don't think. Uh, do, do you agree, Wally? Obviously, um, Wally's, Wally and Tommy are kind of 
putting their colours to the mast and saying that this is the end for Morelos, but is there any chance we see him against Hamilton? No, I think it's probably unlikely. But I think the one thing I would say is that I think when you've watched football for as long as a lot of us guys, you just, you don't take it personally. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I remember when Jelovic went in strike, you know, to come to Rangers, and we were all delighted when Jelovic did sign. So, you know, you can't take it too personally when other players decide that maybe they've outgrown Rangers that they feel as though they want to take that next step. So, I mean, I wish obviously Alfredo all the best when he does go. But I hear a signing for us, you know, like, he cost a million pounds. He was meant to be a backup when we signed him. He ended up becoming our number one striker. He scored a hell of a lot of goals, especially the European goals. It's one is a hell of a lot of money. I mean, probably upwards of twenty million pounds and and some of the goals that he scored and yeah, look, you see these ups and downs on and off the pitch, but I think there's a lot of people say on social media, we'll miss the mad bugger because he's a lovable rogue, you know, he's the sort of guy that if he's in your team you love him. If he's playing against you, you probably hate him. Mm-hmm. I'll miss him when he goes, but I think we've got two really good replacements in Roof and Itton. I think they covered in really well so far. So when Alfredo goes and the money comes in, we'd like to think the manager will get a little bit of that to go and add another one or two to make us that little bit stronger. Well, just on that, sorry, just on that, Tommy. Um, on you go, Martin, you're the host, mate. Sorry, just on, just on that, adding one or two. If Morelos goes, do we need to bring in another striker? Um, Tommy. Oh, uh, I'm not necessarily. Everybody's jumping over all the all the answers here. You're doing a terrible job as a host. Um, um, but it's uh, been one of those kind of nights. It, it has been. Everybody's uh, everybody's got their minds on other things. But uh, what what I was going to say as well, just before I get to your question, was I'm sure there will also be a conclave of uh, 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 Premiership referees to you know no doubt you know. Mm-hmm put some of their yellow cards into um, cryostasis because they won't be needed. Morelos won't be playing. Um, and some of the mainstream media's headline writers will need to find some other person to pick on, um, you know, with their street value articles and stuff like that. But do Rangers need another striker? No. I'm going to say no. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to caveat it because I do love a caveat, <laughs> which is only if Jermaine Defoe comes back to full fitness and it's a big if in my opinion but could you be quite confident um, in Scotland with a Defoe Itton roof as three people who can play in you know in and around the box type of thing I think that's pretty decent when you're backing it up with Joe Rebo, Yanis Hadji, Ryan Kane, the goals that we're needing from midfield so no I think I would I would go with what I had if it meant that we were getting some another top tier talent into that midfield. Well, I, I was going to come back to you, Willie Irwin, but I do this every week, and I, I think I only give Willie Boyd about two questions per podcast. Uh, but Willie, Willie Boyd, I think with what the listeners demand, to be honest, <laughs> it suits me, man. It suits me. Yeah. Willie Boyd, would it be a risk not replacing Morelos? Because <clears throat> although, listen, Roof and Itton have started okay. Obviously, Roof get his goal and stuff like that. But would it be a risk? Because, like Tommy says, we don't know how Defoe's going to deal with injuries this season. Um, and Roof and Itton both don't have any experience in Scottish football. So, would that be a risk not replacing Morelos? Um, well, look, I think we've already got the replacement there in Itton because if you were to say last year how we're going to face up, I think we've changed the way the forward plays and he kind of comes in deep a wee bit looking for the ball, maybe try to bring in the likes of Arrigo, Hadji, Kent, more, like, and, like, get them involved more, basically. But uh, Whereas it was all kind of the focal point was Morelos last season. I think we've changed that for Itton coming. Mm-hmm. I think Roof might kind of play more to the right or we will see him out in the uh, kind of up front as well. You you don't know, but I would probably go against what Tommy was saying, and I'd probably like another striker in. Uh, I suppose it does depend on the four, but I think I, I still would like the four strikers because as I, as I was saying, you can get Roof to play probably on either side of the wing or the three, the forward three that we kind of play. Where do you stand on it, Willie Urban? Then because Willie Boyd wants another striker, Tommy Disney. I don't have an opinion because last week Scott nearly took my head off. So, where do you stand on it? Uh, my honest opinion is I don't think we do because I think we'll probably go after another number 10, which means that you'll have Ruth, Itton and Defoe. 
And given that we only really play one striker most of the time, having four would probably seem like overkill. So I think if we got another wide player, I know there's been some links to this Danish guy, was it Skov Olsen, who's playing in Italy at the moment. If he was to come in, then there's a lot of variety in the 10 position. There's a lot of variety up front. And then if you get the other central midfield player that everybody seems to be wanting all of a sudden, that that would probably be enough. So no, I, I don't think we do need another striker. But saying that, you know, something will probably happen to roof it and you know before the window closes and we're forced into it. I move, but I mean, at the moment, no, I would say no. Right. Well, moving on, just really quickly on a quick side note. Tommy, have you ever went to Ibrooks and tried to use their Wi Fi? Uh, no, weirdly enough, and all, all the guys in my section will, will back me up on this. Um I seem to get a perfect phone signal. Right, well, obviously I picked what the wrong the person fuck? to go to. Well, boy, I got a perfect signal when I'm there. I can always check the scores half time. I, I always check them for everybody who's got curtains on and stuff like that. It's very, very strange. It's either my phone, which is, you know, at it. A right? spying device. <laughs> well, it is. It's, you know, I'm part of the, I'm part of the Chinese uh, intelligence services, obviously. Um, <laughs> Uh, you just see that, and the camera starts to move. Uh, so you, uh, but or it's just with this where I where I sit, mm-hmm. uh, which Sandy Jarl, and uh, yeah. But I get a perfect signal. I've never tried to use the Wi-Fi. I remember it being, you know, vaunted that we were having this amazing Wi-Fi system, and I know we've just signed a deal with Sky to have Wi-Fi at your seat, and everybody's going to get it. Personally, it's a big Faraday cage, and by that I mean a big metal structure. It's going to inherently mess with your Wi-Fi capabilities. I doubt you'll ever get an amazing service inside anything other than these purpose-built stadiums like Tottenham's, for example. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, and uh, for all the engineers out there, if I've got that Faraday cage reference wrong, please feel free to um, uh, get in touch with me, but I'm pretty certain about what I just said, though. Well, see, our production meetings need to get so much more productive because I, I went to the completely wrong person there. You took my question away from me what i was going to say away from me so there you go for everybody listening we've signed a deal with sky that's where you're going to get your wi-fi from right moving on <laughs> check it out online <laughs> I'd, I'd just like to say up until maybe about 30 minutes before kickoff if you're in that early like sometimes i do um you get a signal and then it seems to cut off and i used to think they intentionally done that for the radios for the police i might be wrong but I, that's what i thought anyway right um, because my signal on iBrooks is fucking horrendous. Right, well, conspiracy yeah. theories Look, aside. I, I, they were pushing everybody as well to go as part of the match day experience. Didn't think this would be one of the parts of the, the podcast that would actually get a bit more chat around about it, but really <laughs> honest, right? but, um, it's been an it's it's interesting night. But I think one of the things with the match day experience as well was they were trying to get you out onto the concourse to look at the, now the screens, the flat screens that they put up, um, and tellies the tellies they put up uh, to, to see the scores coming in at half time and all that. And, you know, whilst I might, you know, I might as well buy a pie and a, a, a Coke. And for those older people out there, a blue nose burger and a blue nose bar of chocolate. Um, uh, there's a wee reference. There's a reference for you as well. Um, the blue and white wrapper and the red and white wrapper. I think the, what the blue and white was, was that dark? And the red and white was milk chocolate? I think that's right. Hi. That's right, right, right. Uh, and the Rangers crisps. Oh, now we're talking. Oh, I see. Oh, you're rolling back the years here. Listen, the, the podcast scrapped. We we're just going to talk about the uh, the food that was on offer back then. And I'm a, pie, a pie that you could shatter a bus windy, windscreen with, um, as they said. Right, but um, aye. So, uh, yeah, I think hopefully this Sky deal will be better for people who, who need to have access in terms of their, uh, well, their curtains and stuff like that. There we go. Well, this has probably been the most difficult podcast to do tonight. I don't know. Has something happened or something like that? Or? Well, I don't know, but I'm getting a signal. My phone's blowing up. <laughs> <laughs> right, anyways, uh, on the weekend there, Willie Boyd, we played Kilmarnock. And let's be honest, I was nervous going into the game. Um, on last week's pod, we discussed the disappointment against Livy. And I was kind of mentioning, look, we've seen this story before over the last couple of seasons with performances and stuff like that. But... I've, only, I've not watched the game back, but I, I watched it live, and I must say that's a far better performance. Absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, I was the same. I was a bit kind of worried about going into it, going to face the same kind of tactics pretty much, I thought, as Livingston. I think they did do that. But, you know, we, we 
freshened up, which was also a shock because I seen Barker and uh, Davis in there for myself. I was quite worried because that, for a wee while I thought Davis hasn't looked quite himself. Um, and Barker, I think, has been pretty pretty poor as well. But I owe the two guys an apology because <laughs> they were absolutely fantastic uh, on Saturday. Uh, I thought Davis looked like his old self. Pretty sharp again on the ball. Maybe gave the ball away a, a couple of times. But other than that, I thought him and, and Jack in the middle were really good. Um, and Barker, his directness like, totally kept them pinned in sometimes. Uh, I thought that really worked well. Uh, and he kind of showed that for the same. Right, well, obviously, Wally's sound has just dipped out there. <laughs> um, but but listen, uh, Wally Arwin, on last week's podcast, me and Scott were kind of having a back and forth about the middle of the park, Jack and Kamara. Lo and behold, he brings in, brings in Davis, and we look like a totally different team. You know what, I think I said it maybe the week before when we played Livingston that you know, the manager basically has their three players and they're probably going to kind of drop in and out of the team from time to time. Because he wants at least two players that are going to do the job of holding when Barisic and Tavernier go higher up the pitch. And I know people don't like it and people are going to probably keep complaining about it every time we drop points. But the manager's going to stick with it. I think the fact that he spoke about it after the game, Michael Beals done an interview this week on Rangers TV talking about it as well. You know, they're not going to change it, so people are just going to have to kind of accept it that if we want my two fullbacks to be as attacking and aggressive as they are, we're going to need cover. And that's what these two guys basically offer us. And it allows, you know, the five, six, seven players at times in the opposition half to go and do their job. And then the two centre-backs and the two holding players are doing theirs. And Tommy, a special mention as well for the defence. That's obviously a record equal in five clean sheets at the start of the season. And I think what's one of the biggest positives is it's not been the same back four. Obviously, it's been Tav and Barisic and Goldson, but you've had a half-fit Hollander in there and a newly signed Balogun. Yeah, and both have performed particularly well. And, you know, um, John McLaughlin as well. Mm-hmm. Of course. has been great. And, you know, I was saying when he, when he first signed, you know, just back up to McGregor, which he is. But he's also been very, very good. You know, so, so, so fair play on, on that one. If I'm going to be slightly more challenging, though, yes, it's a great record, and we have looked extremely comfortable. Let's, well, not for me being challenging, I'm very, very happy with it. I think we've looked really comfortable and really good, but but played an Aberdeen that didn't have the main striker, played a Livingston that didn't have the main striker and dropped points, um, played a Kilmarnock side, which I think I've referred to as less sexy than Ikea. I may have to downgrade that. It's less sexy than home bargains. Um, and St. What St. Mirren and St. Johnston as well. So maybe come back to me when we play somebody with a decent forward line, and we see how we we stand up. But as always, you can only do what's in front of you and beat who's in front of you. And Rangers quite rightly and quite deservedly have, have set that or equaled that record. Sorry, I should say because we've looked, you know, by and large sterling at the back. You know, one or two wee kind of blips. And some of that speaks to the manager getting it right. You know, we're always happy to pick over, you know, midfielders and why is it like this or forward line and why is he playing it and out wide and, you know, all the social media or podcast or whatever experts, right, myself included. Well, there's a, there's a team just say, or just equaled a record for clean sheets starts to the season with the often attacked James Tavernier and Connor Goldson mm-hmm. have our presence uh, in that, that run of games. So, okay, maybe these guys behind the scenes pick the team, your Michael Beals and Steve Gerrard's and all that Maybe they know what they're doing. Maybe they didn't get this gig purely on luck by turning up at the right time. Um, yeah, okay, fair enough. Let's take that on the chin. And I think some, I think I saw this on social media as well, but it's worthwhile pointing out because I've, I've thought it for a long time. But it was, you know, one of the bonuses, I suppose, by not having fans in the stadium as you can hear bloody everything, mm-hmm. is that, as we've often said, that I'm not the only one who said that, I'm not taking credit for it or anything like that, is that Connor Goldson, one of the reasons why he's, a, he's always the stick on and he's trusted by Stephen Gerrard, is he is constantly talking and amending the position of the back line and talking people through the game and speaking to them and making sure they're covering the man and all that. Hellander, Hellander does a bit of it, um, but Goldson has 
the guy who's moving the pins round about. And that's one of the reasons why he's so trusted and so important to Rangers' back thing and so important to that run of games. And well, I mean, why does Tav get so much stick? Because let's be honest, see for the day he came into the club, that first season in the Championship, he was fantastic, albeit lower level. But then he moved up with us into the top league and he still looked fantastic. All right, defensively, he wasn't the best. But what fullback now is the best defensively? But he gets so much stick. And I think if you look at his stats, he's been phenomenal from start to finish since he came to Rangers. Yeah, look, the thing with Tav is he's, he's basically just one of these guys that some fans just don't really like. Well, that's because he's the captain, because maybe they think he should be better defensively, he's crossing ability. I think people have got to accept that we paid like 200 grand for this guy. And he's consistently added a lot to the attacking side of the game, which is what the manager wants. You know, the manager wants our two fullbacks to be really aggressive, and that's why they've got so many assists and goals so far this year, because of that. So, yeah, you're going to have some downsides to to how we play. I love Tav. I think Tav's a really, really good player. He's one of these guys that when he does eventually go, supporters will only appreciate it when he does go, because it'll be almost impossible to replace what Tav brings to the team. You know, the amount of assists that he gets, the goals. And even at the weekend there, what is he doing in the penalty box in like the 75th minute taking that shot? You know what I mean? Like he shouldn't really be in that position. That's where like your number 10 should be or your number 7, your number 11. Why is Tav there? Because that's how we play. Yeah, Tav's been caught out for time to time. Nobody can dispute that. But that guy brings so much to our team. And I think as I've said previously, there's no point in arguing with people over people who dislike Tav or dislike Goldson because you'll never turn them. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll never change their opinion on a player because once somebody's got it in their head and they don't like somebody, they'll just keep bashing them. You know, you go to home games, there's always one or two guys behind you that will have a pet hate for somebody. <laughs> for years when I sat at the govern front, the abuse that Alan Hutton used to get was mm-hmm. unbelievable. I remember just turning around one day, because I've got quite a short temper. Anybody that knows me, I've got quite a short temper. I just turned around and says, you know what, mate? You don't have a clue what you're talking about. <laughs> and like six months later, he'd, he'd moved to Spurs for like £9 million. And you're just thinking, I don't understand how some people go to the football if they can't understand like simple things in the game. And like the tactical stuff. I'm not saying everybody doesn't understand the game, but I think some people watch the game and don't see what the team are trying to do. Mm-hmm. Like you can see that we were trying to do something different at the weekend. We were trying to be a bit more direct. Obviously, Itton was trying to play on the smaller defender to try and win a lot of first balls, second balls. If people see it, oh, Itton's playing wide, what's the fucking point of playing a number nine wide? And then the manager comes out after the game and explains what he's doing. Mm-hmm. People are going, all right, that sort of makes sense now. I understand why he did that. I mean, as Tommy says, you know, we've got some great coaches. Mm-hmm. Michael Buell, if you look at any of his, you know, his YouTube stuff, if you look at any of his interviews, Tactically, very impressive. And Steven yep. Gerrard's played the game at the top level, so you know he understands how how the game works, the tactical side of games. It's just people just have to understand that in Scotland, when we've basically played five teams who have really not come out to hurt us, they sat behind the ball hoping that we make a mistake. We've not really made any mistakes, and we've punished four of the five teams so far. And we should have punished Livingston. We should have beat them. Yeah. But we didn't. But then like, you get a massive overreaction to the draw. And people are annoyed and frustrated and angry. But you know what? We'll drop more points this season. No. And yep. we'll lose games. Just so, on that as well, uh, Wally, when I was uh, watching, I don't know if you, you three were the same, uh, and you know maybe some of the listeners are watchers at home as well, when <clears throat> Gerard had been talking about Itton playing out there, getting on top of the smaller fullback, winning those first balls, not particularly with the... Um, uh, with Walter Smith in the gantry as well. I was thinking, Lee McCulloch, big diagonal ball out <laughs> to the fullback. So you're thinking, that's it. It's win those, win those first balls and then you get your, your roof uh, and you get your, um, your Kent and stuff like that, picking up the ball there and then hitting, spinning and getting into the box and stuff like that. You know, this isn't, well, I was not going to say it's not rocket science, but it's obviously a tactic and playing it in. People just need to have a wee bit of faith. It's not as if these guys are drawing up a Rangers team to say, uh, yeah. quite fancy, quite fancy angering the Twitterati this evening. Let's play for the draw at the Tony Macro. <laughs> oh, uh, 
Uh, but see, 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 to be honest as well, a lot of people, they, they might have a go at Tav and stuff like that, but you can't fault his determination. You can't fault his work rate. And see, even when he is having a bad game, he never, ever hides. Oh, no. but, but talking about mistakes, Wally Boyd, I don't know why I was asking if we should sign a new striker because I forgot that we have, and his name's Roth. I don't know if he's a distant cousin to Roof, um, uh, but Jimmy Bell made one hell of a blunder, didn't he? And it was all over Twitter. But but listen, it was great to see Roof getting a goal and also the link-up play with Roof and Itton. It looks as if they might be able to strike up a partnership. No, absolutely. It looks promising, doesn't it? Uh, I should just check before I go on a big rant in my volume, all right, aye? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know. I fo- All right, sorry, listeners. <laughs> no, uh, just going to say, like, with Barisic ball in the box, it was kind of like one of the pullback things. Mm-hmm. You see, when you watch uh, Roof, see his movement in the box and how sharp he was at getting kind of back into the position to strike the ball. It was it was fantastic, and he kind of took it as he was going backwards as well. It was it was a really good strike, um, and he was unlucky with the header as well. You know, with, with Barisic first time crossing the box flicked onto the post. You know, he could have had a double that day. Uh, there were quite a few other kind of opportunities for, for it in as well. I think he had one that he blasted in the first half just over the bar as well. But as you said, I think it looks really promising. I'm really impressed with it in as well. I mean, I kind of slightly knew what uh, Roof was going to bring to us, but it in was a kind of unknown for me. So he's impressed me so far. And Tommy, we were actually speaking about it just before we came on, and I was saying to you, for for a big guy, he's obviously he's not very quick, but he's he's got a great first touch and he can hold the ball up as well. And like you say, it now gives us that option to do the Lee McCullough can stick him on the wing and put pressure on the smaller defenders, but also inside the box, he's got a good touch and like I say, he's quite tricky with the old feet. Yeah, he's uh, he's hitting the ground running. He is. And, uh, yeah, there we go. You didn't, you didn't miss that. Yeah, I've been. There's the podcast that. title right there. Well done, Tommy. Yeah, I've been, I've been practicing that one. Um, <laughs> just to touch on William's point, just, just for a moment though. Really, really good with, with Roof as well. One of the things I'm so delighted with, and I'd seen him at uh, Leeds and stuff like that as well. So you did know what you were getting, but he's obviously still unfit. Mm-hmm. But his movement is good enough in the box to get yeah. that goal. So, you know, yeah. some things they just feel you know, people just don't lose, and that's always a really good sign. Um, that you know, fitness will come. But yeah, Itton looks like he can play a different part of the game. I think he wins the the header, the flick back that falls to Tav, mm-hmm. and then blasts it, and then eventually gives it to Ryan Kent. And Ryan Kent actually um, really, really great to see somebody showing a little bit of composure in the box when faced with a wall of bodies. No, I'm not going to blast this low. I'm just going to look. Oh, look, there's a gap, and I'm confident enough to just curl it and just pass it right through that gap. Uh, it was great to see. It just takes everybody, including the goalkeeper, right out of it. Um, but yeah, Itton does seem that he's he's now got himself uh, into the style of play. Mm-hmm. He certainly knows how to, you know, uh, he stands up to the physical challenges as well. You know, it's good to see from both Roof and Itton, none of this rolling about on the ground material. Listen, there's going to be some challenges. You're not going to get all the protection you would maybe generally expect from referees that you've encountered before. This is Scotland. You're wearing a blue jersey. You know, unless you start bleeding... Uh, and then you might only get a yellow card, not a red, <laughs> uh, for ble- bleeding in the grass, right, and you know injuring your opponent. But yeah, they stand up to it really well. I think Itton has a, a, yeah, it does look as though there is going to be some really good, um, good games from him. It would just be great if he can get himself off the mark really quickly as well. You know, we spoke about Alfredo Morelos earlier on, and potentially leaving looks looks like leaving. It would be great. You know, roofs off the mark. Be great to get Itton off the mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the next game as well, and then hopefully get the uh, Defoe back into the um, back into the equation as well. It's, it's like everything, you know. It's a monkey on a striker's back, but I think yeah, Roof and Itton will come out if they stay fit. Will come out of this season, I think, with some pretty good stats in terms of goals and assists for each other as well. They do look as if they're uh, they're going to dovetail quite nicely. And you know what? I wasn't going to mention this because I hate talking about referees, but well, when I need to bring it up, right? I thought personally, right? I don't think there is a general bias to biased against Rangers from referees. I just think they're really poor, right? And I thought the referee <clears throat> in the commander game was actually poor for both sides. But could you please explain to me why Itting get a yellow card? No, <laughs> I actually watched it back like three or four times after because see if you like. I actually watched the game. I didn't really take that much notice of it, to be honest. 
but also later on in social media, I saw a lot of people talking about it, so I went back and watched it. And when you watch it, I don't really know how he's managed to book him. But the problem you've got with the standard of refereeing is it's not really a surprise anymore. Mm-hmm. And I know you should get annoyed with it and you should get angry with it, but I don't know if the club can actually do anything about it. You know, the club could ask, look, why was he actually booked? Like, what was put in the report to say that that was a yellow card? But I don't believe that the yellow card can be rescinded unless no. it's for like, sort of mistaken identity, which it wasn't because it was a thing that was involved in it. So it's a difficult one. But yeah, I would like to think that maybe the clubs asked, you know, whoever it is that like, sort of runs the refereeing department now, how that has ended up in a booking. And if so, you know, can we get an explanation from the referee on that? Because it, it was bizarre. And yet again, we could have possibly done a penalty in the game as well. Mm-hmm. Which you kind of just glossed over. I think it's just it's just we've come to expect so poor standards of refereeing that most games now, as long as we win, we basically just pass it over, mm-hmm. and move on to the next game. But see if like you know, Italy ends up missing a game because of that yellow card. Aye. It must be so frustrating for the manager because it should have been yellow carded in the first place. But that's just the nature of the game up here. It seems like you can assault players and. You don't get a yellow card, but somehow your legs get tangled and it's your fault and it's a yellow card. It's bizarre and, you know, I always try and give most referees the benefit of the doubt because I understand it's a really difficult gig, but that that yellow card made no sense to anybody that I've spoken to. Two two words for you. Clancy and (laughs) Kevin. There, There you go. That that's it. But I think just sorry to, to to interrupt there. But I think William said a key point there, uh, and this is the the nature of where we are, right? And it's you need to keep talking about it, but it's hard to see the end of the road. But it has got to that stage where it's carry on refereeing. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, I'm yeah. waiting. I'm waiting for biggest dickus to turn up referee in one of the games. You know, one week, and that when they make an absolute howler, and it does seem, you know, I'm with you. I think they're just incompetent. Yeah. as opposed to overly biased, right? Although Rangers seem to get more than their fair share of poor decisions. But it is just a case of when you see it, you go, your first reaction is, well, I'm not surprised. And that, that's the, that's the, I'm with William, yeah, it's hard to fight against that, but that's the insidious thing that we need to keep, why we need to keep discussing it, because we can't just regularise it. We can't just become um, immersed in it or au okay with it, or, ha- you know, nobody's happy with it, but used to it overly. Um, I went through my entire dictionary there looking for the word used um but that but that's the point you know because it will just get progressively worse mm-hmm. you know the, the referees that are relatively for referees they're not like older in flats so and none of them are retiring anytime soon i'm going to be stuck with this cabal of referees i don't know what well the word you could throw it at a, a i don't know a shit fest of referees right instead of a herd of goats or whatever a shit fest of referees right uh, a head scratcher of referees. There we go. A head scratcher of referees, right? For for some time, and the quality standards behind it. I'm sure these referees try to go out. And one of the things to add to that, now you get me started. It's not just referees; it's sports officials and linesmen as well. Yeah, yeah. Right, because they're all as bad as each other. I don't think they go out to do a bad job, but they're either not being fully supported or not being uh, trained well enough. And I think we see that the standard of referees or Scottish referees going to do European games has really dropped off as well. It's not as regular as it used to be. Um, somebody, for the love of God, mentioned Hugh Dallas, um, arguably the last decent referee that, that Scotland's ever produced, and certainly a top-tier one when it came to UEFA. I think it's, it's you know, part of UEFA or FIFA's uh, referee set up now. Yeah. As a UEFA, yeah. well, I, so I know he's, he's doing something now. But, and, you know, don't understand why you'd want that job as opposed to heading up the referee's uh, concern in Scotland, do you know what I mean? Um, what referee wants to be followed about by a private investigator? Uh, if that type of thing still goes on. But yeah, something has to change at some point in time. The dovetail to that as well is that those are all the actors. Behind it, you've also got the structure. So mistakes can happen. That's one of the, one of the things we actually like about the game as well, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when it's not your team, or sometimes even if it is your team and, and you've won and all that, it's a good wee chat when you say, oh, that was a howling decision, but we, we, beat, we beat 12 of them, you know what I mean? Because they that ref in their pocket and all right, it's all good, right? But you've got Claire White, the compliance, well, part-time compliance officer, because she only seems to pick up on one club. <laughs> and then you've got the structure of the, the panel for review. You've got the fast track 
situation. You've got the lack of transparency therein. And then you've got the fact that, and William was just a perfect reference there. If this was an open and transparent game, you would say, listen, you've absolutely made a mess of that yellow card. Let's get it rescinded, right? Because Etienne could end up losing a game or whatever, you know, whatever because of it. But in Scotland, there's none of that. Mm-hmm. Referees aren't up to the job right now. And the structure sitting behind them, one, doesn't support them, two, isn't transparent, and three, seems to be aimed in a kind of scattergun approach as long as you know certain clubs are happy. Put all those things together, that's a really toxic mix that devalues the game to a certain extent. So bear with me while I just fold up my soapbox, <laughs> put it to one side, uh, and, and let somebody else do the talking. But yeah, um, aye, something needs to change in that. The, the whole oh. the whole time you were going through that there, Tommy, I was trying to think of a really intelligent way to get incognito buttocks in um, after your biggest, thickest comment. And I just couldn't think of a good way to get it in, so I thought I'll just say it. Um, I waited till I went for a toilet break. <laughs> Guys, she's just on the referee now. You're saying about the four officials and the linesman and that. I don't know. I was I watched uh, a wee tiny bit of the St. Johnston Hibs game. And Hibs scored, uh, St. Johnston, sorry, scored a perfectly good goal. And the linesman gave it for offside, and then they've went and got beat. That could ultimately come down to them being relegated. Do you know what I mean? Or, or other kind of, you know, um, sanctions or whatever happens. Relegation. See, to be fair, Willie, I think mm. that uh, there was a perfectly good goal scored in Europe tonight, and it was chopped off. And I think that team got beat because of it. But anyway, back to Rangers. Well, <laughs> Willie Boyd, obviously Ryan Kent oh, yeah. obviously scored the second. Um, you shut up, Tommy. Ryan Kent <laughs> scored the second, and it was a, a nice wee pass for Tav after a shot that got blocked. And I think one of the big criticisms we've had of Ryan Kent over the kind of last couple of seasons has been his composure in front of goal. And that second goal, I mean, there's been a, a lot of reports, and we'll come to that in a minute. But that looks, at the start of this season, like a party's game that he's really worked on. No, absolutely. I think we've seen it up in Aberdeen as well. You know, he was really composed in front of goal then, really cool. And likewise against Kilmarnock. I mean, I don't know how we've seen that wee gap and slotted mm-hmm. it in, but I mean, a bit of credit as well to James Tavenier. I mean, how many other players would have just rattled that towards a goal the second time? Mm-hmm. But he's took the touch, spotted Kent, laid in Kent, we've obviously got the second goal. So I think Corrin, it was a good team goal as well, to be to be honest. But I, I think he has been working on it. I think he must be on similar numbers to last season already. No, unless they've upped his goal bonus. But... Uh... Well, Erwin, how important is Ryan Kent for us this season? Can we afford to sell him regardless of how much money we're offered? I think the simple answer to that is no. You know, it's, I know it sounds kind of silly to say that because somebody could come in and offer a truly obscene amount of money. But it feels like Ryan this season has moved up a gear and is going to spearhead our challenge this year to winning anything. And in the opening five games, he's probably been right up there and married the match in all of them. And if we were to lose him and bring somebody else in, how long would it take them to settle? You know, would they be as good a quality as what Ryan has? You know, Ryan's a bit freakish at times. You know, he's he's got that burst of pace. He's got the great technical ability. This season, he's added goals to his game, something that's been a kind of big criticism of his. But he spoke about it, I think, before the Aberdeen game, that the manager had spoke to him in pre-season talking about he wanted more goals and more assists. And Ryan's offering that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, look, I think we were all concerned when we paid £7 million for Ryan because maybe we all felt that maybe it was a little bit much. But now we're probably sitting thinking, we really can't afford to lose this guy. If Alfredo goes, I would like to think that the board will just shut the doors and say, look, we've sold one player, we're not selling anybody else. You know, because I truly believe if we're going to win anything this season, Ryan Kent's going to be a massive, massive part of us winning it. And the thing is, regardless of what anybody says and regardless of what Celtic blog you read or Celtic podcast you listen to, we don't need the money. But, um, Tommy, that, that was a big thing for me. I personally felt, from what we'd seen for Ryan before we signed him and then after we signed him, I personally thought, we've overspent here. I don't know how much money we're going to get back. But the start he's made to this season, the reports coming in for Leeds, has totally vindicated the manager's trust in him. Yeah, and I don't think that made you an outlier. I think everybody knew he was a talented boy. You could probably have thrown a brick, not that I advise anybody to do this, <laughs> you could have thrown a brick into any section of the Rangers support. And 
Alfredo Morales when I get sent off. No, you could have thrown a brick in any section of the uh, Rangers support, and you, you would have hit a fan who would have probably said something along these lines. He's really talented. We've probably paid a bit over the odds because it's the English market. He needs to get more consistent. I, I think those three things would have probably been you know, fairly consistent within those conversations, and we were all a wee bit worried that God, seven million is a lot of money, seven point mm-hmm. five, depending on how you want to splice those numbers. But you know, it's a lot of money um, for any club in Scotland, right? I'm still not going down that. It's a lot of money for Rangers, right? It's a lot of money for any club in Scotland, right? Um, and that's despite admin eighteen eighty eight, hell or whatever number we're on now, right? Um, uh, ad, well, we call this admin four ADK after Dave King. Right, so there we go. That's, that's I think we bit. might be throwing that in the opposite direction pretty soon, but carry no, on. It's not as if Rangers are, you know, predicated on getting Champions League money. No, no. Keep, uh, keep the books balanced or anything like that, but that's for <laughs> other people's podcasts. We're concentrating on one club and not, not that obsessed with other ones. But, you know, as I was saying, those would have been the things that you'd have cycled through when it came to Ryan Kent. And he, you know, has had a difficult time of it as well. You know, was part of that collapsed the second half of the season um, post post Dubai it was obviously like an episode of Lost or whatever but somewhere the real squad was on an island fighting a smoke monster or whatever it was that happened in Lost, that's the only bit I remember right um, somebody can film in on whatever happened to that, uh, I don't know but he seems to have hit the ground running as William would say, Derry's shown composure in front of goal, I really liked his finish against Aberdeen actually as well but also his, his ability to, to go on and, and attack players. I, I also agree with uh, William Irwin there. He will be a massive player for Rangers. Rangers mm-hmm. are going to win things. Ryan Kent needs to fire. It's, he's one of those players. Um, I might be tempted to chuck Joe Rebo in at that as well, and these types of players. But you always need your fourth, but I particularly agree with the, the, the Ryan Kent one. The only thing I'd say is, and Stephen Gerrard had said, the, the board don't want to sell. Let's be under no illusions. Right? If somebody rocks up with 30 million, Right, Rangers, like any club in Scotland, is a selling club. Right, we don't need to sell, but you start looking at the value and can you get a replacement in? Right, and ultimately, we might like players and we might love players. Football, by its very nature, is a turnover business, mm-hmm. and part of that turnover is the turnover of players and playing squad. So, if somebody rocks up and says, There's 30 million, you know, and you know, Marcello Bielsa's on the phone, he's outside the taxi, right? Um, then Frank Kent will be sold. And you would expect that money to get reinvested in the club. But do Rangers need to take, uh, well, 10 million is laughable, right? Rangers would want, I'd, I'd imagine, somewhere in their thinking, from an accountancy point of view, they'd want treble, what they yeah. spent on him, right? Because he's young, he's fat, he's hungry, he's obviously very talented. You know, and one of the one of the indicators for these types of things is it's not just fans that always see these things. You, just, you listen to any professional who's watching the Rangers game or talking about a, Ryan Kent and they wax lyrical about his ability his ability to beat a player and get play, uh, people off their seats. Not He's now added more goals and we look for that consistency. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. But you add that and you get a real good mix and he's done it in Europe as well so it helps, helps some of that stuff. So I it would take a hell of a lot of big check to go. I think you're right as well. You know, if Rangers were to sell Morelos and that's where we come back to that soap opera part at the start. Alfredo Morelos has made it very clear he wants to go. Mm-hmm. Ryan Kent's done the exact opposite. Um, and another wee feather to Ryan Kent's cap as well, because Bielsa wanted them, I think, when we bought them. Yes, they went yeah. in first. Bielsa's then come back in. Bielsa knows a player. He's, he's not a bad manager, you know what I mean? Um, they've obviously tried to get him on the cheap as well, but that's, you know, I uh, can't like everything about, about Leeds. But uh, as much as I do, I do like Leeds, actually. But aye, Rangers don't need to sell Ryan Kent. It would take crazy money for him to get him. And we might even be in a position to knock that back, given the Alfredo Morelos money and all that. It's nice to be speaking about Rangers in those terms, though. Just yeah. to pause and say, oh, this is the, the days of I will take less for Yelovich because I can pocket the money in cash and all that type of stuff. Um, alleg- allegedly, you know, lawyers still watching and all that. Or fire sale stuff. Or, indeed, the quality of your squad isn't good enough. So the most you're getting offered is sub a million for, for people. Aye. Right? No, people are chapping Rangers' door saying, Oh, oh, what about that wee, uh, that wee nugget you've got there? What about that wee diamond? We, we'll try and pinch him off you. Aye, that's fine. We're still a selling club because it's Scotland. But you better come 
with your with your switch card up to date and i get the irony of the fact i've said switch card up to date and switch is no longer a bloody thing right okay you <laughs> a baby card okay you he's looking at me there but um you know you better come Absolutely. ready to have a serious conversation with a serious board and a serious manager and a serious analytics team that know the value of the playing squad if you're not prepared to do that and you think you're coming to scotland to get somebody on the cheap for angels don't bother getting in the car it's not mm-hmm. going to happen we're playing serious football money now because our players are worth it. And just to bookend that again, because I like to do that, all of this negativity that always surrounds Rangers players is driven by the media and probably driven by another club as well in their PR machine. Actually, when you start to get into it, you've got clubs who have their own scouting teams and who do their own thing and who aren't based in Scotland come up and say, oh, we've had a, we've had a good look at this. And we won't have watched one wee YouTube clip of Morelos. Leeds won't have watched one wee YouTube clip of Ryan Kent. They've looked at when these are serious talents and we'd like to take them for serious money. That's where the Rangers playing squad is now and that's all down to this board and the manager and the management team. Well, I mean, I suppose if you really think about it though and, and Leeds come in with a, a, a decent offer, there's a certain player in Spain who's going to be a free agent soon. So, I mean, you never know. But but listen, moving on. Um, well, I'll, I'll bring this one to you because it involves Robbie McCrory. Robbie McCrory, John McLaughlin and Ryan Jack have all been picked for the Scotland squad. Now, listen, some of us like Scotland, some of us don't. But how big is this for uh, Robbie McCrory? Well, it's a fantastic experience. You know, I think anybody that's had the pleasure of seeing Robbie over the last few years, whether it's been out and loan, you know, at Berwick Rangers and then a couple of times in the Championship now, his second spell at Livingston. Robbie's a really, really talented young goalkeeper. And... For all I don't have a great amount of time for Steve Clark and the way that he tries to play the game at times, I think he's done the right thing with Robbie. Because when you look at like the age of David Marshall, Alan McGregor, John McLaughlin, we need to start looking further down to who's going to be the next guy to come in and take over. Scott Bain is nowhere near that level. How you know, because he's a wee spell at Celtic and he all of a sudden get Dance in Scotland, you know, he's not even close to it. I mean, Robbie does have that opportunity. Robbie, in a year or two's time, could be the Rangers' number one and will likely be the Scotland number one goalkeeper because he is that good. Obviously, Lovey's enough for that slightly patchy start of the season so far, but Robbie is a very, very good young goalkeeper. It's great for the academy that we've now had a guy come through the system and now in the national team. I suspect that Ross McCrory will probably be the next. You know, within the next one or two squads, I know he's no longer a Rangers player to an extent, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Ross McCrory in the Scotland squad in the next one or two occasions, which is yet again good for the Rangers academy that players are coming through and making that step into the national team kind of thing, because it shows that the system's working. And if anybody's got any spare time, going to Rangers TV and listening to the Craig Mulholland interview from earlier on today, talking about the academy, how the B team's going to work, how the how they're going to look at the structure of the academy, how players will be sold, how players will be bought, loaned out. Really, really good insight into how things have changed under Ross Wilson with Craig Mohan. I think it's like 12 or 13 minutes long. It's definitely worth listening to it. I would, you know, anybody that's interested in youth football, have a listen to it. It's really, really insightful. And it will give people an idea as to how highly thought of guys like Charlie Lindsay are, Leon King, just to name a few, I could probably go through 10, 12, 15 games. <laughs> you know, but that's where the academy is now. There generally is a push for these players to make that next step. Nathan's the first. Kai should have probably been up there as well. But the next guys on the list are, are pushing hard. And I think within a couple of years' time, and I genuinely believe that, I'm not going to say it because I also enjoy watching academy football, but Leon King and Charlie Lindsay could be in around the first team at 18. You know, those guys genuinely do have that chance to be a Rangers first team player. I know it's easy to say it, they've still got to go out and prove it, but those two kids have got it and they've got a real chance. There's also a really good page on Twitter, it's Rangers Youth Updates, but the guy that runs it's a wee bit aggressive, so don't don't message him <laughs> if you're allowed to message him, but check that out, Rangers Youth Updates on Twitter. Um, but, Wally Boyd, it's also a good bit of recognition for uh, John McLaughlin as well, because I was 
listen, I felt the same as Tommy. He was just coming in to basically take over for Wes Fordingham, but he's really impressed since he's come in. And Alan McGregor has now, in my opinion, got a fight on his hands for that number one jersey. Uh, no, absolutely. I, I'm a played makes my days in goals, to be honest. I always look out for the goalkeepers more than MD, but uh, I don't want to be all big heated, but I think I might have mentioned it on a podcast. <laughs> I'm going to listen back to when he's signed that McGregor might find himself in a, in a kind of tricky situation. I think he's like commanding his areas far better than McGregor's is. Um, I mean, he's coming for crosses that I've not seen many keepers come for and make it look dead easy. The ball at his feet, he's so composed and cool. It's no good for my heart sometimes, right enough, but he's, he's been really solid for us in that sense as well. And it, it kind of adds to our attacks when we're building up and we kind of catch them up sometimes. He's obviously good with the long balls and his distribution for long and short. But, um, I mean, I think he'll probably go in and be Scotland's number one just with the, 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 the goalies that are there right now. Um, I do think he's been a, a real good buy, well, a free agent for us, like backing him in for, for nothing. Just his wages every week. It's, it's been a real good bit of business and hats off to, to Ross Wilson pulling that one off. But I just want to add something on the, the Robbie McCrory uh, going into the Scotland setup. There must be real bad communication at the SFA because he was announced at the under-21 squad three days, four days before. So I just wonder what's happened for him to then come in the the, the, the team, the, the, the national team, you know, the senior squad. I mean, it must, maybe the full thing is a mess. That's how I imagine it to be, to be honest. Uh, it's not that well to pick out the negative in something, is it? Um <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, moving, but we'll move on to preview the Hamilton game because there was a couple of other things I wanted to come on to, but Tommy and Willie Irwin just talked for too long. Um, but listen, talk Tommy... Sense is what you mean? Me and William talk sense? No, I don't know. And two Williams talk sense. I would have said sense if I meant it. Um, <laughs> but listen, no, uh, Hamilton on Saturday at half five. I don't know why it's at half five, but... Last game before the international break, we had the wee slip up against Livingston. We're going away to Hamilton on that pitch, Tommy. But we've kind of got a good record there. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's again. I go in this, the same way that I felt about the Livingston game. So hopefully not the same result. And <laughs> we should turn up, spank Hamilton up and down the pitch, take a good few goals off them. My worry always. Genuinely, pre, pre, um, injuries. Out of my mind, with going to these, uh, yeah, pitches, is I hope nobody gets an injury. That's exactly <laughs> it. You know, you're you're going to play. You're asking a professional team to go down to Tory Glen and play on the, you know, on the pitches there, uh, essentially. So that's it. Do I think Rangers will carve them open? Yes. Do I think we're in for a, a display of amazing football, given two teams really? keeping the ball on the deck and doing little nice wee triangle with the passing and, and going at it toe-to-toe to see who comes out in a 12-goal thriller, 13-goal thriller. No. What we're in for is two banks of five <laughs> and a keeper. And the keeper get probably those big foam hands you get in the wrestling <laughs> to cover the goal and all that. Um, oh, look, I've, 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 I can't believe I've left these bricks piled up inside the goal line. But... Um, Aye, that's what we're, and Rangers try to break them down. You know, it's we know where we are with that. There's very few places in Scotland or teams in Scotland, I should say. Joking aside, I feel I've been too jokey in this podcast. I'm going to get serious for a moment. Um, drop my drop my voice by an octave. But uh, I don't think there's many teams in Scotland in the Premier Division, home or away, where we're going to go toe to toe with them, or they're going to go toe to toe with us. Mm-hmm. Let's be brutally honest. You know. Um, We'll, we'll play an open real game of football with Celtic because Celtic, you know, can do that. Um, Doesn't always work. By and large. Um, <laughs> and uh, have I used my hungry joke? I'll do it again. They're hungry for success. But um, so, yeah, they'll do it. Aberdeen like to say, and the media like to say that they play football. A long ball up to Sam Cosgrove is really all they are. Right? Uh, I'm not going to through all the teams, right? But that's pretty much it. Kelly will want to hit you on the break. The Tony Macaroni's, you know, I'm pretty sure that joke's passed as best as well. Yeah. Um, they want to, um, I'm on fire tonight, or I should be. But, uh, you know, you know what you're getting. 
um, Dundee United, maybe a maybe a wild, a wild card. Hibs, maybe 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 Hibs would potentially have a bit of a go with a forward line of you know Doidge and all that kind of stuff. But by and large, it's going to be a bit of a turgid season. It's up to us to break down teams week after week after week. And fair play to the players, that must be a wee bit mentally tiring when you know from well these teams are just there to get a point. Um, aye, so sorry to doom and gloom at this stage of the season, but no, I, I, the the team we're playing are the uh, are the, the kind of standard bit of the scenery. Rangers are the only interesting part. You could swap out any of these teams in Scotland for another one, as far as Rangers are concerned. They all just, you know, same dodgy strips, same garden variety, poor, above, sorry, below standard players. Rangers being asked to cut them open and get the win because we're the only team that really matters. There you go. That's Scottish football in a nutshell. Do you know what? I'm fed up hearing about these uh, plastic pitches. Because you brought up Tory Glen there. I used to play in the red ash pitch in Tory Glen, right? Now, that was a pitch, right? So no more about these plastic pitches. But, but well, don't Erwin... Come, don't come to me, Martin, until you've, pay, you've played on black ash. I have played on black ash. Right, well, um, there you go. That's the standard. Black ash, where I might have dealt with an old master. But I used to be quite handsome until I caught one in the face, right? And this is just paper mache, essentially covered the ball. I always knew you looked funny. Um, well, well, Elvin, um, this is also kind of a, a chance for us to put a statement up and get get the three points against Hamilton and kind of keep that wee kind of gap between Celtic because I've got a funny feeling they might be on a wee bit of a downer. Yeah, well, I think it's important that we go out and just do our job, which is to go and win the game, regardless if it's one nothing or 4 nothing or whatever the final score will be. I think we'll probably find that Aribo comes back in the team. Mm-hmm. Because when Joe's fit, Joe plays, in my opinion, it's just that simple for the manager. So it depends who's going to drop out. But, I mean, if we can't be going to Hamilton and winning, I would be concerned. And I think the manager will say to the players, let's come out and try and blitz them early. Because it's the same in all of these games. You know, the sooner you can get that first goal, the easier the game becomes. Because the team settles quicker, we can get in the front foot more, we can be more aggressive and we can hurt teams more and more and more. And it's important that guys like, obviously, Ryan Kent and Aribo are involved in the game more. It's also equally important that maybe a big Cedric Hitting can get his first goal. That would be a huge bonus. Mm-hmm. And I want another clean sheet. I mean, I want the clean sheets to go for as long as they can go for. You know, I'm, I'm greedy that way. I want us to win as many games. I want us to keep as many clean sheets. I want uh, all the new players to get their first goal. I want the two fullbacks to keep being aggressive and getting assists. I don't want us to take the foot off the throat. I want it to get tighter and tighter and tighter until we're so far ahead of everybody else that they can't catch us. That's how I feel we've got to be this season. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't stop. There's no pauses. We just we just keep going. And the manager just needs to keep telling the players that. So Saturday night, half past five, I hope by six o'clock that we're a couple of goals ahead. We're comfortable. We can maybe make changes. We can maybe give other players like Nathan 25, 30 minutes, etc. That's important as well, that we keep pushing and progressing young players when we get that opportunity. And then we've got that wee international break, which will hopefully allow the manager to yet again maybe get a, you know, a wee bounce game and keep the legs going for guys like Ruth and some of the players that's not maybe played that much. Do you know what? I hope, I hope Martin, we're not. Just touching on that from, from William there. Apologies, Martin. I think it's really, really important, and William brought it up there, that going into an international break, you want to get those that, that last game Aye. before that, you want to get a win. And I'm, I'm with William. By and large, I, we all want to see a blitz of goals and we want to see stunning football. At this point, I will just take three points every day of the week until the season ends. Right? Simple, simple as that. Until we're out of sight and all that kind of stuff. But I, you don't want to be a hangover of, oh, uh, we dropped points or it was, you know, whatever. Um, I get the three points in the bag, don't get any bad injuries, get it back. That, that's it. That is that is the tail of the tape for this weekend. I was just going to say, I hope we're not scored a couple of goals by six o'clock because I'll still be working, so I'll have missed them. Actually, better. Hopefully we've scored like four and we don't score any after that. <laughs> because obviously there's going, there's going to be a match reaction pod, but unfortunately I won't be able to host it because I'll be working. But I'll be able to see the last kind of 
40 minutes, 35 minutes of the game. So, Rangers, just leave the goals till then. Well, I'm, with William. I'm with William. First half blitz of goals. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you what, there's no point in going through what's going to happen in the game, blah, 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 because it's Hamilton. We're going to beat them. So, Wally Boyd, give me a prediction. I know how uh, much you love them. I hate them. I'm going to go with 3-1 again. It seemed to work last week. <laughs> Tommy. Rangers. Oh, Rangers are the away team, aren't they? Hamilton nil. Yeah, I know you're all shocked. Hamilton nil. <laughs> Rangers six. Rangers six. Yeah, there we go. I'm in a, I'm in a good mood. Not that you could tell it, but I'm in a good mood, and I think Rangers will. Uh, I think just to, sorry, not to you won't get the answer, but again, I completely agree with the, with the guys here. I've said it a couple of times over previous weeks as well. First goal is really important. Getting an early one and Rangers settling a rhythm and blow these teams out of the way because they've got nothing to hold on to. I think Rangers will get an early goal and that's what will unlock the, the six, so to speak. We'll get an early one in. The, you know, the, the jig's up at that point for Hamill. Oh, six goals in the first half. That'll be my luck. Well, the, one? the first 10 minutes. <laughs> all scored by Cedric Eaton. <laughs> I'll go for 3 nothing. 3 nothing. Hmm. Yeah, well, I think so I'd love to score more. I'm, I'm like Tommy, I'm greedy. I want four, five, six, but you know, three nothing. If Cedric gets his goal, Tav pings one in the top bin, Joe Evil comes back into the team and scores, I'll be quite happy with that. And plus, it upsets the people that don't like Tav as well, so that, that makes me happy. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd also like to just, just to add to that, I'd like to see Hadji yeah. get one. Yeah, yeah. Just get the confidence back and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, that would be good. That'd be good to see. Okay. I don't think he'll start. I'll throw that in there. I don't think he'll start. I think he'll go with the exact same team. Oh, well, he's not done enough to be starting. You know, when Eaton came in and did a did a very good job and Roof came in and did a job, it'll be interesting to see if Alfredo Morelos makes the match day squad or the team. You know, you, know, you never know. Yeah. Personally, I think for a host of reasons, including the commercial one, Rangers won't risk him on that pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. know, uh, I, I don't think you'll see uh, Alfredo Morelos in the squad uh, would be my take right well gentlemen let's finish on Tommy's favourite fantasy football Scotland <laughs> um, I'll come to you for your positions um, and yeah. well I want to come to you first because uh, I know that you weren't sure what league you had joined but you have joined us so where are you um, like 500 out of like 1200 I think oh 500 not bad is it Tommy I need a telescope to see you. That's how far back I am. Jeez, this is—it's actually—it's actually embarrassing. It's actually—I obviously talk a good game on the podcast, but can't <laughs> deliver on it. That's as simple as that. Stop stalling. Where are you? Uh, You're still scrolling. <laughs> I've got one of these massive, massive phones that I'm having to, I'm having to go. Through. I am sitting at. Um, one thousand and sixty-four. Not bad at all. Again, <laughs> I'm going to no, I'm going to say it every week. I'm going to say it every week. I don't have any players from the East End in my team. I don't know if you've noticed recent events, and I know it wasn't in the same competition, but I don't think that's going to really help going forward. Willie Boyd, <laughs> did the points up to this part? Um, I'm eighty-third. Oh, well done, Willie. Well done. Mm, well done. Not bad. Um, as it stands, 219. And I'm doing a lot better than Tommy. That's all that matters. I told you, I'll be sacked before Christmas. I mean, that's... So actually, I'm, going have a, I'm going to do a reverse Rangers, right? I'm having a terrible start to the season. I'm going to go away to Dubai and I'm going to come back and I'm going to rip up the league in the second half of the season. I know we've made a lot of jokes tonight, but I can think of somebody who comes to mind straight away who might be sacked before Christmas. But the top three in the league, is, and I'm holding my hand up to stop you because we really need to finish. Yes. <laughs> the top three in the league. In third place, we have Rangers Circle. In second place, we have Chris Russell. And in first place, with 326 points, is Murdo McDonald. Okay. So... Tommy, Willie Boyd, Willie Urban, as ever, thank you very much for joining me. The podcast is available to view on YouTube, on the website, this is iBooks.co.uk and Facebook, and it's available to download on whatever podcast platform you use. Tommy, what are some of the podcast platforms? Acast, Stitcher, Deezer, 
iTunes, Apple, Pod, Guru, <laughs> Pod Landscape, <laughs> Downloadatron, <laughs> IPTV. I have no idea. Right, I'm a trouble guy. I have no idea. Yeah. Half the time I'm about this. Um, I'm not entirely sure the screen's even working. Maybe <laughs> just walk in my laptop. Uh, yeah, I think I got some of them right though. Acast um, and Podbean. They're, they're definitely two that I know. See, Wally Boy, that's how you do it. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you for everybody who's listening and watching. And we shall speak to you next week. <laughs> how does it offer a free beer sound? Well, all you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash this is Ibrooks and cover just 5 95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. You can be sipping eight totally different craft beers sourced and created by the good folks at Beer 52. Not only that, but they'll drop it right at your door so you don't even need to leave your house. If you're looking to stock up on beer, now's your chance. Since 2014, Beer 52 have been on a quest to find the best beer money can buy anywhere on the planet. They are now the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea and Germany. If you're looking to stock up or just fancy trying something different, then Beer 52's Craft Beer Discovery Club is for you. If you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account anytime you like. And also for every listener and viewer who signs up to Beer 52 using promo code ThisIsIbrooks, you will be helping support the club we all love. So, just go to beer52.com forward slash thisisibrooks to get your first case of eight beers for $5.95. That's www.beer.com beer52.com forward slash this is ibrooks thank you for your continued support